Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Chris Ballard sitting down. He's giving us hell because you thought this we is, were the Patriots. Well, no, it's, it, it's not. It's not our fault. But they did. They sat us next to the New England Patriots. How no, are you, Connie? Sir? I'm good. No, Connie. He's pointing me this direction. I said, "What the freak is this? We're going to the evil empire right away." They wanted away. to chat with you next. So I figured you'd, you'd <laughs> yeah. just slide over there. Yeah, you'll just, us, you'll right? just slide. Yeah, yeah we, we're stuck between the Titans and the New England Patriots. How about that? We got the Jags to our right. Well, it's go- uh, good to meet you, yeah. uh, General Manager Chris Ballard, with us here uh, as we're hanging out live at the combine. I feel like I'm contractually obligated because uh, I'm, a, I'm a media member to ask you about Michael Pittman Jr. and no, just uh, those conversations, uh, what he means to the organization. I'll ask you this. Is there more pressure because you know everyone's watching this one because of what he means on the field, off the field? He's obviously uh, a great player for you guys. How are those conversations going and maybe a little bit more pressure what Michael Pittman means to the Indianapolis Colts? No, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I think we all know Pitt's a really good football player and he fits us. He fits what we do, fits our culture of what we're doing internally. Um, the, his agent is, he's got a really good agent. He's been great through this entire process. Um, and it, it's just one we just, we'll just continue to work. Um, we'll work especially through the next, this next few days and into next week to see if we can get something done. Um, I'm encouraged about where we're at, but we still got a little work to do on it. You feel like you're close on a long-term deal? Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if you ever feel like you're close until the actual contract signed. I learned that a long time ago. Um, it's, but you, you, you think you are, and then it's they're always delicate with negotiations, um, and you just diligently work through. Mike Bloom does an incredible job for us, um, and he kind of knows where, you know, what we have available from a financial standpoint. Um, and then plus the other things we want to do and trying to fit it all in. He does a tremendous job, and that's always part of the equation. So, But we're optimistic about where we're at. And I assume if you don't get that long-term deal done by Tuesday, you would tag him? It's a, it's a tool we have. Hopefully we get something done. Never had to use it before, um, and hopefully we get something done before that moment. So if you don't get something done Tuesday, you would let it play didn't, out? Until- didn't I answer this question <laughs> yesterday? I mean, that's just loaded. It's like I can't give a right. I can't give the a tag deadline is is Tuesday. Yeah. Is, is it, it long term deal? Hopefully we get something done. <laughs> Chris Ballard with us here uh, on the wake up call. Uh, a showdown here. I'm in the middle between you and Bowen. By the way, we, we do have a clip of you saying freaking Bowen several years ago. So you, probably have no, you probably have no idea. My, my, oh, no. So, I say that all the time. Well, see, at, at, at some point, uh, we may need you. So and, it, my, and it usually doesn't start. It doesn't, the second letter's not usually an R. We have a dumb butt. It's been used. Uh, Rick Carlisle has put our dumb butt oh, yeah. to use. Uh, in, the, in the last several weeks, I was going to say my last name's Sweeney. We may need a freaking Sweeney uh, that we can we can kind of we can kind of uh, mash them together. Just uh, ask questions about Whitehouse. Well, you'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
you, there you go. That, that'll be that. We'll, 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 we'll keep that to the end uh, of the interview. Uh, obviously, talking about uh, Anthony Richardson, you were asked about him yesterday, uh, not pushing that. Uh, it's good that his rehab is going well. How does he look, and how have the conversations been where you make sure that he's not doing too much too early? No, that's, that's a good question. I mean, his doctor's been heavily involved you know dr elatrosh did it out in, in california and he's he's been a, a a great resource just from a checking standpoint all right are we making sure we're hitting the benchmarks that we need to hit we're not moving you know too slow but also moving at the right pace um, and then between him and our rehab team and then a couple other people that he has that he's been working with for a few years um, there's been really good communication and dialogue to what you know where we want anthony to be at this point then plus when we get to april sure. may june um and we're in a good place right now will there be anything different like mechanically no with him no It'll be all no no it, it he'll there won't be any changes the, the good thing is uh there wasn't structurally anything wrong with the shoulder much different than andrew's case where andrew you know had a torn labrum so a much different rehab than andrew's was and it's not as quite a, it's a it's a it's a serious surgery, but it's not near as labor intensive in terms of the surgery when it you know when it's not a labrum, not a torn ligament. He is Chris Ballard. He's here with us live at the convention center, year eight for the Colts GM. You seem to express a good amount of regret yesterday about the wideout position, um, and, and, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but maybe the lack of whatever support you gave Reggie Wayne and that staff last year, coupled with you're really bullish on this year's draft depth at wide out. Um, could you expand a little bit on the regret from last year and not and I, giving that group enough? It, it wasn't as – the regret came like when Dueling came – you know, when you lose a good player, it, it's hard to replace that guy. And so kind of – and look, some of those guys, they gave us some good snaps and did some good things, but finding consistency out of that number four and number five is something we're looking – you know, looking to make sure we shore up. Getting Dueling back will help. His rehab's gone really well. Um, it was a freak. It was a freak accident, you know, with the ACL. I mean, I remember watching the tape over and over again going, how did this happen? I mean, he's on grass, and he just makes a, I mean, just makes a, a post cut, hmm. and, you know, the knee gives out on him. So, you know, just a little bit of bad luck in that circumstance. And then, you know, the depth part of it, finding, finding a guy that, you know, like Doolin's, Doolin's value is that, one, he plays on, he's a core t- special teamer. Um, he does a lot of the dirty work, um, you know, at wide out, and he can do it from three different spots. And I always felt that he was one of the most undervalued players we kind of had just because of that that role. Uh, Zach Pascal filled it, you know, for a few years, and then Doolin kind of stepped into that role. So having a your number fours really has to be able to play multiple spots and give you snaps on teams. Um, you and I'm telling you, that's a unique thing when you got a guy like Doolin that can do all of them. That's a that's got all pro Pro Bowl talent as a as a teamer. Then also fill in if he's got to play wide out and actually start a game or two. Um, you're still in good shape with him. And you feel this this crop in this draft is. You know, might might compare to that 2020 group that yeah. you might have what four or five Hall of Famers in that crop. Well, I don't want to stamp them as Hall of Famers <laughs> yet, but they're very. Ta- it's a very talented deep group, which is good. I look at wideout again. Chris Bowd with us here at at the combine. You know, Josh Down seems to be the ideal complement to what you have in that room. How much is getting a little bit more yard after catch? Yeah, I, I mean, at? I think as he gets. I mean, he's still a young 
player and even from a physical development standpoint, he's still young, you know, his body's still maturing. And I think that, you know, as he gets stronger um, and then plus he adjusts to how people are playing him. Like when you start watching the tape, the second part of the season, you know, people were trying to take Josh away. I mean, he became really a dangerous, you know, weapon for, for the offense. And, you know, especially on, you know, on money downs when you, when you got to have it. So, we we and I and like I, I think we've designated him as a slot only, but I thought some there were times last year where he showed he could play outside too. Um, so we think he's got great versatility. He's got really good upside. You know, Josh, and he's a he's everything you want. Like he works, he cares, he's tough, he fights through things. Like all the stuff you like about him is why he's going to be a good player. You expect Grover and Julian Black, uh, Blackman to be back? Well, I think with all I think with all our free agents, um, you know, we've had good discussions with all their agents. Um, you'd like to say absolutely, like to have everybody back, you know, but that's not always realistic. Um, what, at the end of the day, uh, whoever we do end up getting back are the ones that we were able to kind of fit in the plan of what we have to try to, you know, shape this team for next year. And, you know, even the guys we don't, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out and sometimes they get more money at another place that we just weren't able to do. So we'll see how that works Would out. Would you say the realistic nature to it is you want to do something else and if you bring those top four back, if you will, that can kind of hamstring you a bit? I think you always try to get your own guys back first. I mean, that's always the priority. One, because you know them and they know you. All right? So there's – it's one of the funny things with with – and especially, and I think the fan base, I think the media, I think even internally, like you always see your own players and you see kind of the warts on them. And, and, but, and then you see the shiny object in free agency that you've never lived with and you don't know the warts. And, and I think that's always a kind of a balance that and it doesn't mean you dislike the player, but you, well, you know, maybe if we go get this other guy that's a free agent, you know, you know, maybe he'll he'll fill the role better and he's a shinier new object. But that's not always the case. And we're always going to lean towards trying to do whatever we can to bring our own guys back. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. He's the general manager of your uh, Indianapolis Colts, Chris uh, Ballard, here with us on the wake-up call on the fan. Uh, your tight end room, the last few years you put a lot of draft picks into that tight end room. Uh, Jelani Woods, uh, it's terrible the setback he had this year, not being able to play. Maybe not a deep draft class this year uh, at tight end. You could talk to that, but what do you make of your tight end room? How much work do you think needs to be done there? Yeah, I mean, look, we were, I think, in totality – it was a it's a it ended up being a productive room for us i mean i think when you add up kind of what everybody did together it ended up being a productive room do we necessarily have you know i said this yesterday you know we don't necessarily have a, a kittle or a or a kelsey um but we have really good players in that they all have a little bit different skill set and what they can do and i get points in the season they all made a play that helped us you know from from uh granson who is sometimes I don't he even for being an undersized guy really battles as a blocker Mallory who you know one we got to stay healthy and get him get him a little stronger but he did some really unique things in the passing game uh, that we liked and created some mismatches that that were really good Um, and then you talk about Mo who you know all Mo does is show up and and do whatever he's asked to do and do it at a at a good level um, so in terms of the room, and then, then when you talk about Jelani, who's really got, at, is, is really got a unique skill set because, you know, 
because of his length and his ability to run and stretch the field. He's really good when you're talking about the, the shallows, the seam routes, uh, the Dovers, the long crossers that you can run with him, and he's a big target for the quarterback. Uh, so getting him back will be a big add. Okay, Chris Boward is with us here live at the Combine, again inside of the Convention Center. Chris, year three it will be for Gus Bradley in this defensive scheme. What is it about Gus's scheme that, that you like and you and Shane wanted to retain? Well, I mean, we've – you know, after year one, you know, with him, and we had a bunch of, I want to say we we had a group coming off, a, you know, a tough 21 season where it didn't end the way we wanted um, with a lot of veteran players. And, we, you know, we ended up signing Gilmore and had some vets. And then we said, you know what, we're going to start, we're going to go back and try to get younger and develop those. So the simplicity won. Um, and that's where I would think that it's been fun to watch. Gus is smart now. He is a smart man. He's a smart coach. Um, I thought he did a really good job adjusting some things last year to what we had, and then we'll continue to build on it. Um, you know, we've done some good things. We've got to eliminate the explosives. I think we all know that. Um, that, that you know, making a team have to earn it down the field is a big part of this game. When you give – when you, I mean, we'll play great defense for – 50 snaps in a game but there's seven or eight that you know will give up a play and so we've we've got to eliminate that some of that was youth um and you know some of it was you know these guys just hasn't been in these situations so i think they'll get better um i did think there was areas we didn't we did improve we're pretty good on third down um the red zone was better not where we want it and that's an area we got to take even a, a better a bigger step for we'll always be front driven um you've got to keep nine ten guys in the stable um, that can rotate in and take snaps where those other guys can, can, you know, really give the max effort when they're in the game. You know, that's always the – that's always and that's hard, you know, to have nine or ten. I thought last year was a really good group. I mean, I thought that what, you know, between – you know, you got your first four, then you have your second wave of guys. And there's some young guys we're excited about. Like, I still think Quiddy and Dio will take a whole nother – I think there's more – another step – they can really take. I think Eric Johnson will continue to prove from a small school. We picked up a kid from Dallas last year that kind of got glossed over was Isaiah Lamb that we think has real upside as a rusher. And I think you saw he was only active for five or six games last year, but when he was active, we saw some really good things out of him. He just, you know, small school, young, needed, really needed a year of work, and, and it'd be fun to watch his development this offseason. Chris Ballard with us here uh, on the wake-up call on the fan. Uh, we've done a lot of position stuff. I, I wanted to ask you this because one thing that kind of struck me, you know, fans, after a loss, people, you know, people get angry. And I'm, and I'm talking about, you know, the heartbreaker, obviously losing to Houston at the end of the year. You had that press conference after the season. You talked for like 45 minutes, an hour or so. And I thought at the end, you kind of bared your heart out, your soul almost, uh, where you're like, you know, hey, that game was on Saturday. I came in here on Sunday, and I was alone in the facility. Um, what was that day, that night, and that next day when you're in the facility and you know you were right there from making the postseason? What's going through your mind? Kind of what's the emotion as you're sitting there in an empty facility and you're alone in your office? It's, um, you know, anytime you get that close, you know, the division title on the line, then you don't finish it out. And, look, it's happened – you know, in 21 when we didn't finish it out at the end of the year, and then in 23 we don't finish it out. Um, and it was a and, – and what I will say about the game – like it was a heck of a game versus Houston, which, you know, you look at it, you know, 
kind of hindsight now. I mean, Houston was playing really good football mm-hmm. at the time. I mean, they went and beat a they bit the I mean, they handled Cleveland pretty easily in that playoff game and then, you know, really for a half gave Baltimore a good run. Um, and it was a heck of a football game. And at the end of the day, you know, they made, you know, one or two more plays than, than we made. And that <laughs> that can be a, a tough pill to swallow, but one you have to swallow. Mm-hmm. You can't just ignore, you know, that you didn't get it done. And that's a frustrating – it's frustrating, but the things I was encouraged about was to watch our team compete, the intensity, watching a lot of these young players compete – that was encouraging for the future. Um, I suck handling loss. Like it's mm-hmm. like game day. I'm the worst. There's <laughs> nobody. I mean, I turn into like the fans have no idea. Like I turn into them, and if like if they saw it, they would go, oh, okay, that's that's how I act too. Except they're probably not punching walls and throwing <laughs> chairs against the against the <laughs> sitting in front of you in the Cincinnati press box. I was reminded about. Uh, <laughs> was there a chair? Was there a chair thrown in that in that Texans game? No, no. that was pretty good. Okay. That was pretty good. Okay. That one was pretty good. But like fans don't of, fans don't see that. They see the result. But I mean, you're in there the oh. next day. This is your livelihood, and it's like you were that close, and yeah. you know you were that close. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's the. That's the great thing about our league. It is so co- – like the difference between six wins and 11 oh, wins. It's unbelievable. Is, it could be six or seven plays in a, in a season. Well, think of your game with Cleveland earlier in the season. Yeah. I mean, literally, oh, well, you may not want to, yeah. I mean, a call here or there, a play here or there. Try not to get yeah, fined sorry. here on yeah. this uh, Thursday morning at the Combine. We are live I don't at the quite combine. have Mr. Ursay's stroke. <laughs> we are live here at the Combine. Chris Ballard is with us. Chris, year eight for you. I don't need to remind you of these numbers, but it's one playoff win. It's zero division titles yep. in your era. Why don't you feel like you've had more success? I think you, Kevin, I think you know me well enough to know I'm it, like either you get it done or you don't. I'm not going to sit here and ever the easy thing would be to make an excuse and look at the end of the day not getting the quarterback position right has hampered it. And that falls on me. I don't fall on anybody else but but me. And it's something that, you know, you you learn and you grow from. Uh, I think we've done good with Anthony. Now, I think time will play, all, play out. Um, but my failures in that space and with a, with a position that's so important, um, you have to get that right. You have to have a guy that, that, can, that can actually – you know, lead you and make plays in critical moments, um, that's the great separator in our league. I think you see it every year in the playoffs. I think you see it with teams that really excel and go forward. They have a guy at that position that, you know, when the game's on the line or when there's there's real leverage points in the game where you need to make a play, he makes a play. Do you view roster building as there are positions that are more premium than others? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, look, I think you know me by now. I think the front – both O-line and D-line are critical to win in this league. I do. And I'm not taking anything away from the other positions, but I think as the season goes on, it shows up more and more. Teams that are good up front, usually, at least it gives you a chance each and every Sunday. I think we've all seen when you're not good up front, the result of that. Unless you have a, just a true ma- magician back there at quarterback that can, that can somehow overcome it. But I always – my mindset has always been that way. And, look, I learned that from a long time back in Chicago and then and then looking at what Coach Reed. I mean, Andy, that was one of the things Andy always – I mean, 
You never go short up front. And you look at how their team's built. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's yeah, quarterback no and then it's up front. I mean, and I just think in the long run, that still wins in our league. Last one from me. You mentioned explosive back about a month and a half ago. You want to get more explosive. How much of that is simply you just think the presence of number five under center gives you that, and how much of that is, no, we need to go outside the building and make sure we do a little bit more there too? Well, unequivocally, I think the, the quarterback's going to help. I think it showed when he was when he was in the game. Um, you know, his – I mean, like, I thought one of the really cool, and it sucks that we didn't finish it out, but the but the Ram game, I thought, like, in the second half, I you know, you're, we play like crap in the first half, and, and credit to the Rams. I mean, they kicked the – I mean, excuse me. They kicked the crap Mark, out dump, of us. Dump that, Mark, yeah, please. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, scratch that one out. They, they kicked the crap out of us in the first half, but the explosives that he was able to create in the second half was really fun to watch. But when you have – like, that's the one thing about, like, Jonathan Taylor. Like, Jonathan can turn a, a one, two-yard run into a 40, 50-yard run. Having, you know, making sure we, we add another element to the offense that's really good after the catch that can create the play that's not, not there. Chris Ballard with us here. And by the way, the Jonathan Taylor, that Houston game, one of his, uh, yeah. no doubt, f- finer games. Uh, need to ask you this. Um, you know, you don't have to give up too much, but, you know, free agency, draft, all this is happening. Uh, how much contact have you had with Mr. Ursay uh, in that? How are those conversations? Is obviously he's getting uh, over his illness yeah. that he's been dealing with. I actually talked for 30 minutes last night. Um, and he's good. It was, it's really good. No, he is, like Mr. Ursay is always going to be involved. Um, I mean, it's one of the things I really appreciate about him is that he's done this job before, so he understands the, the ups and downs of it. He understands the, you know, the negotiating part of it. Sure. Um, and, of course, I lean on him. And so we had a, a great talk last night. I kept him abreast. We'll talk again here when the combine's over and kind of tell him, okay, here's where I think we're at and here's where we're going. Um, but all good. Colts GM Chris Ballard. Chris, we don't want to keep you any longer. I know Brock Bauer is about to meet the media, and I'm sure you're a fan of wanting to hear that, right? <laughs> I, think, I think Kevin wants to go over there and uh, get a glance of him I as well. I mean, like, I've never seen a guy flip. Y'all would ca- – I mean, from Mr. Wideout to now Mr. Tight End. Pass I mean, guy. it's a – He wants to pass No, hey, hold on. You okay. saw the hold on. Hold on here. Now year. it's a pass – okay, so now we've redefined it as pass catcher. Bowen, he's a hybrid. He's a Hybrid. The yeah. Kelsey Kittle, <laughs> Mark Andrews. Chris, thank you for the time. Thank Appreciate you. It. I know you're a busy man. This week. Right. Freaking Sweeney. There, there we go. go. There we go. That is the about. Colts GM, 